Safety Net Studio presents. Talking movies with Brian Lotaki. And here we go. Here's Brian Lotaki. You can do it! Hello, friends, and welcome to Talking Movies. I'm Brian Lataki, and today we write our own story with Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. So wait a minute. There's an elite crew with all the best spider people in it? Who's the new guy? This is unbelievable. This is the lobby. Miguel O'Hara. The whole thing was his idea. What's the guy got to do to join this spider team? You can never be part of this. Don't even get me started on Doctor Strange and the little nerd back on Earth 1999-99. Come on, go easy on the kid. Miles, being Spider-Man is a sacrifice. Everyone keeps telling me how my story is supposed to go. Nah, I'm gonna do my own thing. All stations, stop Spider-Man. Miles Morales catapults across the multiverse where he encounters a team of spider people charged with protecting its very existence. When the heroes clash on how to handle a new threat, Miles must redefine what it means to be a hero. Written by the team of Phil Lord, Christopher Miller, and Dave Callahan, and directed by Joaquin Dos Santos, Kemp Powers, and Justin K. Thompson, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse stars Shamik Moore as Spider-Man Miles Morales, Haley Steinfeld as Gwen Stacy Spider-Woman, Oscar Isaac as Miguel O'Hara or Spider-Man 2099, Luna Lauren Velez as Rio Morales, Jake Johnson as Peter B. Parker Spider-Man, Issa Rae as Jessica Drew, Andy Samberg as Ben Riley the Scarlet Spider, Daniel Kaluuya as Hobie Brown or Spider-Punk, Jason Schwartzman as Spot, and features a massive cast including Brian Tyree Henry, Karen Sony, Shea Wiggum, Greta Lee, Mahershala Ali, Amanda Stenberg, Gerald Jerome, Jack Quaid, Rachel Dratch, Kamiko Glenn, Ziggy Marley, Yorma Tacone, J.K. Simmons, and Donald Glover. When Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse hit theaters in 2018, it was heralded as the future of animated film. It mixed multiple styles of animation, multiple frame rates, and a stellar voice cast. And here we are five years later, and Phil Lord and Chris Miller have a huge undertaking to make a movie that can even compare. So how'd they do? In a word amazing. This entry is once again filled with more animation styles, easter eggs, references, and cast members than you can shoot your web slingers at. Story-wise, you first need to remember that this movie is part one of a two-part story that will conclude with Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse on March 29, 2024. That may take a little bit of the sting out of this movie, trust me. But this movie again changes everything that we should expect out of animated film. It's beautiful, dark, cringy, laugh out loud, and sad, all in a neat 140 minute bow, plus no mid or post credit scenes. So when the movie ends, you can get up and go. What you see is what you get. But the flow of the story and the twists and turns will keep you fully interested and excited until the credits begin to roll. Acting-wise, as an animated film, it doesn't get much better than this. It is impossible to pick a standout actor as everyone seems like they're having such a blast and can't wait to get their next line. The hardest part of this review was choosing where to cut off the list of actors in the movie because everyone deserves their due. But a big shout-out is deserved to Yuri Lowenthal, who voices Spider-Man in the PlayStation Insomniac game, who makes a very brief cameo. Lizards across the river. 
I'm not gonna make it in time. Musically, this movie again hits a home run. The music adds a ton of tension, excitement, and relaxation throughout the runtime, all with a steady, solid beat. And this is another one of those movies where the soundtrack is worth taking a look at. If there was one gripe that I had with this movie, though, because it's Marvel and I know you're expecting it, is that some of the action and sound effects are so loud at parts that it can be difficult to hear some of the dialogue. It's never so bad that it's impossible to hear, but depending on how sensitive you are to loud noises, oh, and flashing lights, this movie may not sit as high for you as it does for me. Overall, Across the Spider-Verse is as close to a perfect animated film as it can get. I obviously want the conclusion right now, but knowing that it's coming in less than a year means that this movie will hit Disney Plus in a few months, which also means that I'll get a few watches in before Beyond comes out, and I will be as fresh as I can possibly be. I give Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse an A+. The weather is hot and you should look the same. Nick and the team at Swish Barbershop at 844 St. Mary's Road are ready to line you up and make you look your best. Walk-ins are welcome or you can visit my barber by booking today at boybarbernick.com. I've just been handed an urgent news story. Cannonball! Let's get into movie news you can use, and let's start it off with some upcoming projects. During a recent interview with Variety, Across the Spider-Verse producer Amy Pascal has said that a live-action Miles Morales film is officially in the works. In addition to Miles being live, Amy Pascal also teased that a Spider-Woman movie is in development, and that it can be expected sooner than you expect. Quote, I cannot tell you yet, but it's coming. As of now, no cast has been attached, but Shamik Moore, who voices the character in the animated films, has repeatedly repeatedly expressed a desire to play a live-action version of Miles as well. During an interview with Entertainment Tonight, Shamik Moore said, quote, Absolutely. I would just be humbled to be able to take on that and I would put my entire spirit into that opportunity. While some are concerned with Shamik Moore's age at 28, it should be important to remind everyone that Tobey Maguire was 26 when he played Spider-Man, and Andrew Garfield was 27 when he took on the role. Tom Holland was the youngest Spider-Man, as he was just 18 when he first played the character in Captain America Civil War. During the same interview with Variety, Amy Pascal dropped an update on the fourth Spider-Man movie starring Tom Holland, saying, quote, Are we going to make another movie? Of course we are. We're in the process, but the writer's strike, nobody is working during the strike. We're all being supporters, and whenever they get themselves together, we'll get started. After teasing a return to the Fast and Furious franchise, Dwayne Johnson has confirmed that he is returning for an untitled Fast project. You better hide that big-ass forehead. <laughs> it was confirmed that Chris Morgan will be writing the script for Johnson's untitled film, which will not serve as a sequel to Hobbs and Shaw. According to sources close to the film, the movie bridges Fast X and Fast 11, and it was also confirmed that a number of familiar faces from the core series of films will be featured. While nothing is certain, Vin Diesel is not expected expected to be featured in the film, but plans could change. Over in casting news, according to Deadline, Mandy Moore and Kamel Nanjiani are starring in Threads, an insidious tale, which has the following synopsis. With the help of a mysterious stranger, a couple reeling from the loss of their daughter, journey into the terrifying realm known as the Further in a desperate attempt to change the past and save their family. The next entry in the Insidious series is Insidious The Red Door, which releases in theaters on July 7th. In other upcoming projects, it was announced that Universal is developing a live-action adaptation of their animated film How to Train Your Dragon and have officially announced their first two cast members. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Mason Thames and Nico Parker will play Hiccup and Astrid in the live-action project. Mason Thames recently starred in The Black Phone, while Nico Parker played Joel's daughter on HBO's The Last of Us. Universal also offered up an official release date of March 14th of 2024.
2005. In other news, it was announced that filming on Matt Reeves' The Batman Part 2 has been delayed due to the ongoing Writers Guild of America strike. Filming for The Batman Part 2 will take place next year instead of later this year in London. While the delay is unfortunate, better conditions and terms for the individuals who craft Hollywood stories are well overdue. I'm vengeance. As of now, no delay to the release date is expected, which is currently set for October 3rd of 2025. Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz will both be returning as Bruce Wayne and Catwoman, respectively, while Colin Farrell will return as the opportunistic villain Oswald Cobblepot and Barry Keegan playing the Joker. With DC's The Flash hitting theaters in the next couple of weeks, director Andy Muschietti visited the Discourse podcast where he was asked about a potential sequel with Ezra Miller returning. Muschietti said, quote, If a sequel happens, yes. I don't think there's anyone that can play that character as well as they did. The other depictions of the character are great, but this particular vision of the character, they just excelled in doing it. And as you said, the two berries, it feels like a character that was made for them. A sequel to The Flash has reportedly already been written by David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick, but whether it moves forward or not is another story. The Flash hits theaters on June 16th. In other upcoming projects, it was announced that Christopher Nolan's next epic, Oppenheimer, has officially been rated R. The film will also clock in at nearly three hours, making it the director's most extended feature. According to the Associated Press, IMAX prints of Oppenheimer are 11 miles of film stock that weigh some 600 pounds. Nolan wants fans to know that the best possible experience for watching Oppenheimer is through the IMAX 70mm film format, however only 25 theaters across North America will provide audiences that option. Nolan told the Alternative Press, quote, The sharpness and the clarity and the depth of the image is unparalleled. The headline for me is by shooting on IMAX 70mm film, you're really letting the screen disappear. You're getting a feeling of 3D without the glasses. You've got a huge screen and you're filling the peripheral vision of the audience. You're immersing them in the world of the film. Over in the rumor mill, a reimagining reboot of the 1997 thriller Anaconda is reportedly in the works that will star Paul Rudd and Pedro Pascal. The original Anaconda film starred Jennifer Lopez, Ice Cube, John Voight, and more, and had the following synopsis. Filmmaker Terry Flores is traveling deep in the Amazon jungle looking for a forgotten tribe. Terry and her crew, which includes an anthropologist and a cameraman, come across Paul, who is stranded on the riverbank. He offers to help them find the tribe, but his secretive behavior puts everyone on edge. They realize too late that he's using them to find a legendary anaconda that's worth a fortune if they can catch it. This past weekend, Robert Englund had confirmed that his days of playing Freddy Krueger are officially over, and for his replacement for the role, England suggested an actor whose name comes up frequently when people cast a new Nightmare on Elm Street movie, that being Kevin Bacon. Bacon seems open to the idea, but there's another actor who's willing to put on the glove and fedora. In response to the interview, Devin Sawa sent out a tweet saying, quote, I'd love to follow in his footsteps and play Freddy. Sawa is a horror regular whose credits include Final Destination, Idle Hands, Hunter Hunter, Black Friday, The Fanatic, and the Chucky TV series. Sawa joins a growing list of people who want to get a new Nightmare on Elm Street series off the ground, which also includes Mike Flanagan, Elijah Wood, his producing partner Daniel Noah, Jason Blum, and Guy Busick. Original final girl Heather Langenkamp has also said that she would like to be given the chance to battle Freddy one last time. A sequel to a movie you may not have seen, Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City that released in 2021, seems to be getting a sequel. The film was shot in the Sudbury area, and now Sudbury.com is reporting that a mysterious movie called Umbrella Chronicles, which is backed by Raccoon HG Film Productions, is receiving $2 million in funding from the Northern Ontario Heritage Fund Corporation to film in the greater Sudbury area. Written and directed by Johan Roberts, and directly based on the first two Resident Evil video games, Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City has the following synopsis. Once the booming home of the pharmaceutical giant Umbrella Corporation, Raccoon City is now a dying Midwestern town. The company's exodus left a city a wasteland, with great evil brewing below the surface. When the evil is unleashed, the townspeople are forever changed, and a small group of survivors must work together to uncover the truth behind Umbrella and make it through the night. Horror icon John Carpenter recently 
recently appeared at Texas Frightmore Weekend this past week, where he held a question-and-answer period with an audience of bloodthirsty fans. One of said fans would ask Carpenter about the popular theory of Keith David's character Childs indeed being the thing at the end of the film. Carpenter did his best to dodge the answer, only to let it slip that the answer might come in a sequel. Carpenter said, quote, I've been sworn to secrecy, okay? Because there may be, I don't know if there will be, there may be a thing too. Although Carpenter's last film came in 2010 with The Ward, he has since been active with his music. He worked with director David Gordon Green on his ode to the original Halloween with a trilogy of sequels, and Carpenter contributed to the score. However, with this announcement, it's not made clear what his involvement would be, just that he was sworn to secrecy. Carpenter is directing again, though, and confirmed that he's working on an anthology horror series called John Carpenter's Suburban Screams. And while the show had recently filmed in Prague, Carpenter stated that he directed remotely from his own home. He didn't offer up much more, but the production may have indicated that it will be a project set for Peacock. And speaking of Peacock, Joel McHale had told TV Line that the community movie was due to start shooting this month, but production has officially been put on hold due to the Writers Guild strike. He said, quote, that was a bummer because we were getting very close. But at the same time, I'm a thousand billion percent behind the writers. The writer needs to be paid. When the strike is over, we'll come back and we'll make it. And I'm sure that series creator Dan Harmon will put in 12 jokes addressing the fact that it took this long to come together, but we'll get there. It just may take a little while. Harmon is writing the community movie alongside Andrew Guest, but it's not clear what the current synopsis is. Much of the original cast is expected to return, including Donald Glover playing Troy Barnes. Over at Netflix, Arnold Schwarzenegger is taking his chief action officer position very seriously. In a recent teaser, Arnold takes an elevator ride with Chris Hemsworth and offered him a few pointers. Like you could hit the guy with a giant clock. This say, serves as a teaser for Extraction 2, which yeah, releases yeah, yeah, on no, Netflix on June 16th. Or you should punch a guy and knock his teeth out and then you say, you were overdue for an extraction. You have to admit that one is cool, huh? No, it's good. It's cool. Yeah. Or after you blow up a helicopter and you say, get to the chopper. (laughs) Get to the chopper. And finally, we end today on the news that Barbie has officially caused an issue with the architectural world. While speaking with Architectural Digest, Barbie production designer Sarah Greenwood stated that there was an international shortage of the pink shade of Roscoe paint. She said, quote, the world ran out of pink. Barbie director Greta Gerwig tried to avoid using CGI whenever possible, aiming for what she called authentic artificiality. The production used hand-painted backdrops instead of using CGI. Gerwig said, quote, everything needed to be tactile because toys are, above all, things you touch. According to the interview, neither Sarah Greenwood nor set decorator Katie Spencer had ever owned a Barbie before, so they placed an Amazon order for a Barbie dream house. They used the odd proportions of 23% smaller than human size for the live-action set. Gerwig said, quote, the ceiling is actually quite close to one's head, and it only takes a few paces to cross the room. It has the odd effect of making the actors seem big in the space, but small overall. Barbie, which stars Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, America Ferreira, Kate McKinnon, Michael Sarah, Ariana Greenblatt, Issa Rae, Rhea Perlman, and Will Ferrell hits theaters on July 21st. That's it for this episode of Talking Movies. Follow me on social media at Talking Movies PC and download full-length episodes on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And as always, what did you just say? Chai tea? Chai means tea. You are saying tea tea. Would I ask you for a coffee coffee with room for cream cream? Cream.